the ministry of Bishop Eddie Fabin edifies, comforts, and exhorts as God confirms his word with accompanying miracles, signs, and wonders. Bishop Eddie Fabin is a pastor with the United Denominations originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches and currently pastors the Catch the Anointing Center in Oboise. His weekly Sunday services, Monday 11th hour prayers and the Friday prophetic turning point services are streamed live on Facebook and have blessed many lives. He's also a seasoned counselor God uses immensely to repair shattered relationships. You are about to experience the manifest presence of God. Now here's Bishop Eddie Fabian. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we want to thank you so much for tonight. We thank you for this time in your presence. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Please have your way. Guide us into all truth. Open our eyes of understanding that we may behold wondrous things in God's word. We pray that the entrance of the word of God will bring light and life to us. That we will not be the same again. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Please be seated. Right. We have been talking about how to be a good assistant. I think that is one of the things that not everyone really is able to do. It's it's a very, very difficult thing to be assisting somebody. Maybe you may think it's easy. It's like, oh. Am I not just following the person and um, helping and all that? But there's more to it than that. And that's why a whole book, I mean, this is a very fat book that has been written on how to be a good assistant. And I believe that everybody needs to learn it. Because one way or the other, you're assisting somebody. Are you getting it? All of us here are assisting in one way or the other. As you are working in the different departments of the church, the different ministries, the different church worker groups, you are assisting in a way. Are you getting it? And if you are working in a basenta or basonta, wherever you are, in whichever area, you are also assisting. You are all assisting me to build the church. Are you getting it? And then also, um, so that is how you are assisting. Even for me here, I'm also assisting in a way. You see, so we are all assisting and we are learning how to be good assistants. Some of you even assist the pastors that are over you in the different areas where you are. It's also one of the ways by which you assist. And we need to understand the right way to do it. And uh, we said at the beginning that you must be called to be an assistant. There's a ministry of an assistant. And uh, we said that God himself even needed assistance and that's why when he was creating the earth he said let us let us make man let us so God even God himself needed assistance people to help him to uh, create man and when he also created man Adam he also said that Adam needs an assistant he needs somebody to help him that's why our sister rejoice has gone to be a helper to somebody you see so when a woman comes into a man's life, she has come to assist him and to help him. We saw Abraham also needed an assistant. He had it in Lot. And Moses also needed an assistant. He had it in Aaron. 
and uh, Joshua also was there. And then also David had an assistant in Jonathan. And Jesus also had his assistants in the 12 apostles, isn't it? So we were asking, how does an assistant pastor or assistant receive his calling? Uh, first of all, it can be by a direct call from God. Or secondly, it could be that the senior pastor just chose the person to be where he is to assist. Or sometimes it comes as a coincidence because it's like, Charlie, you were the one available. And so just do it and you are doing it. Or sometimes also it could be that somebody uh, didn't do his work well and you had to replace the person. So these are all ways by which uh, people become assistants. And then last week we were looking at what it means to assist. We looked at 20 definitions of who an assistant is. And we said that to assist means to support somebody or to push somebody to move faster or to stand with someone in a time of need or to stand by somebody in a particular season of his life or to assist means to encourage somebody to achieve his goal. Are you there? Or to help somebody to meet his target, uh, to aid somebody to accomplish an idea, uh, back somebody in a decision. Are you there? Okay, it's on the screen. It looks small. I don't know whether you can see it. Uh, it also means to promote a person and the values he stands for. It means to give a helping hand. It means to contribute to somebody's dream. It means to enable somebody to fulfill a set objective. It means to urge somebody on, on to reach their expected end. Or to relieve somebody of a burden. It also means to serve somebody or to facilitate the aspirations of somebody. It also means to rally around somebody or to lend a hand in somebody's work. You see, that's all about somebody, not you. It also means to be loyal to somebody or to serve as a booster. Are you getting it? To enable somebody to go higher. Tonight, I'm going to continue and uh, we're going to look at another thing I believe is very important for us to know. And uh, I'm preaching from Bishop Saki's book, uh, How to Be a Good Assistant. And the foreword was by Bishop Dagwood Mills. And he himself endorsed the book and says that this is a good assistant. He's somebody who is a good example to follow. And I've also worked with Bishop Saki for many, many, many years. I think I worked with him from 2003 to about 2017 or so or 15, I just worked with him all that time. So I could see the example of an assistant in him, and he is a true assistant. He is. And so I can vouch for him as I read from this book, and I share with you. And today I'm going to share with you on five undesirable assistants. Five undesirable assistants. In other words, assistants that nobody would like to have. Mercy. May you not be that kind of assistant. So this is not a type of assisting or assistance that you need to become or strive to become because it is not a good one. Okay, so he says that in a short life in ministry, he has related with five types of assistants. And um, we're going to look at them. So the first type of assistant, and you want to look at yourself, assess yourself, 
in all these things to see whether you are that type of person. Are you getting it? Today, our branches also are joining us, so we welcome all our branches from... No, they are on Facebook, the way you are turning around. They are on Facebook. <laughs> okay, so we welcome all our branches in our council. They are joining us, the pastors and their shepherds, for the service. So, you are all welcome. Please indicate on the page that you are there, so we know you are there. All right, no. So, the first type of assistant that you don't need to become, and uh, which is undesirable, is the man-pleasing assistant. Man-pleasing assistant. Man-pleasing assistant. Good. In Galatians chapter 1, um, Paul says something from verse 9. Galatians chapter 1, verse 9 and verse 10. Paul says something, if we can put it on the screen, I will really appreciate it. He said, as we have said before, so I say now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that which you have received, let him be accursed. Verse 10. He said that, for do I now persuade men or God? Is it about men or is it about God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men... I should not be the servant of Christ. Anybody who pleases men can never be a servant to somebody. Are you getting it? And the scripture says it clearly that men pleases are not good assistants. And you want to look at yourself and ask yourself that are you somebody who wants to please people? You see, because you have your boss that you are pleasing. As Christians, we have Christ as the one that we're supposed to please. Now, if we make up our minds that we're going to please men and um, whatever the Bible says, we will not want to do it, but we'll rather want to please men and do what makes men clap for us. People like that thing. I mean, everybody's clapping for you. Then, yeah, it's like that is the thing. But you see, it will be better that Nobody claps for you and only God claps for you. Do you understand what I'm saying? It would be better that um, you have God's approval and God have being happy with you and even everybody else not being happy with you is better. I remember one time Bishop was in um, the UK and um, as he was ministering, um, the, the, the people were singing. There were people who were singing and... Um, a lady came and she came to sing. And uh, when she sang, I think she sang a song that was no, not so popular, not uh, this thing. But that song really touched Bishop. It was a song that he really loved. He enjoyed that song, you know. But not many people clapped. It was just, um, you know. But another lady came and she came to sing a popular song that everybody knows. <laughs> but it was not as Bishop if you, if you know Bishop very well There are songs you know he likes If you sing a song from Andre Crouch you, you, you will pass You will surely pass I'm telling you You see that's why you need to know the one you are serving And the one you are assisting If you sing a song from Andre Crouch You will pass If you sing a song from Oslo Gospel Choir You will pass If you sing a song One of Ida's songs <laughs> You will pass 
How many bishops should come here now and there's a, 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 a TSA here? Do you know a TSA? A talented solo artist who is here who can sing. If the person comes on stage and picks up uh, uh, whatever uh, somebody's song, whoever, who are some of them? Fred Hammond's song or somebody. I mean, it may be this thing, but I'm telling you, you will not, you will not be pleasing to him. Yeah. But if you do any of these songs that I've just mentioned, uh, you, you, you can pass. Even the local, if you do daughters, you can pass. You can pass. I'm sure you guys are knowing all the things now. That, that's how to please somebody you are working with. You know. So this lady sang, I think she sang somebody's song, I don't know, and people were shouting, you know. And, but this girl, when she sang, nobody clapped because the song that she sang, it was not any kind of, uh, you know, song that, you know, it's like, uh, yeah, it's one of these songs. And, and then they just, but when they finished, Bishop told the pastor, he said, buy a ticket for this lady to travel. The one that nobody clapped for. He said, buy a ticket for her to travel. And the other one was just walking around. You see, the people who are shouting, hey, hey, they can't buy a ticket for you. <laughs> they cannot buy for you. At best, they will just shout. And that's it. So, when you follow man, you see, God is the ultimate decider of your life. How your life should go. He's the coach. Whether he will add you to the team or take you out. And you are looking at the, oh yeah, a man come for there's a type of football, they call it a man come for. When they get the ball, now who bought a be now who bought shot over because a man only born or monty as into anything you play behind a man come for. But the real thing is not soccer. And you're born our born. So the coach will look at you and say, You better not say. Then <laughs> and they will bring somebody who will come and play. And you see that you are out. So at the end of the day, this lady that nobody clapped for. Rather got a ticket and traveled. And this one that everybody was shouting, she was sitting there because the people, they don't have the money to buy a ticket for her. Are you getting it? That is why you must look at who is the most important person to please that person. You see? But many times people forget and we look at, and, and there will always be people on the stands who will be shouting and clapping and saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially when you are misbehaving. <laughs> there will always be people. Those days when we were in school, people go and bring their father's cars. There was something called attraction. Attraction. Then they will bring the car. The people. Oh, foolishness. One time, two, one guy went to bed with somebody when we were in school, St. Augustine's College. And the, you know the bet? The bet was that one guy, the guy said he could run from one end of the school. We had a house, St. John's house, to another end of the school, which is St. Peter's house. And he said that he can run naked when visitors have come to visit their children. <laughs> the guy's name was Mole. Mole. So they bet, then they said, okay. 
go. People had come. Oh, people had come with homemade and things for their children. Then we next go. And then there was Mule. Mule. And this guy was running with his bolombolops. He was running, bolombolops, running. Oh! Mule. I was even sleeping. Oh, I was having my siesta. And I heard the shouting. So I caught up and I came. I said, hey, what is happening? I saw somebody passing. I said, hey! And parents were standing there shocked. They couldn't believe it. That a student in the school, that a father has brought to school, look at the way he's running in the school, naked like a banana. Shout, the people were shouting, <laughs> and the guy, he won the bet. <laughs> he went to collect the money that he had better with the guy. We were there on Monday, <laughs> assembly. <laughs> Then they called the guy. They brought his trunk, his chop box, everything. That was it. Where were all the people who were shouting? None of them was there to help. As the guy was part, he was sacked from the school. Never came back. Because the parents who came said that they cannot, this such a person cannot be in such a school. It's a disgrace to the school. Yeah. Yeah. And that was it. So, when it comes to pleasing who has brought you and who has, you need to be careful whether you are going to please the stands, the people who are going to shout, who when you are in trouble, they cannot help you. Or to please your boss, who is the main person who can promote you, who can make sure that you are not sacked from the workplace, you are there. That is what you must be thinking about. Are you getting it? I don't know whether what I'm saying is uh, ministering to somebody. So the primary goal of every assistant must be to please the one that has been called, he has been called to serve. And ministry sometimes involves unpleasant confrontations that are unavoidable. There are times when things will happen that you may have to do something. You may have to even stand in for your leader to deal with some issues that may not be pleasant, you know, and you will not like to do it because you don't want to be seen as into, into quotes some way. And you find that there are some people who are assisting their leaders. When it comes to the crunch where we have to be there to say some things, to stand with our leader and all that, you would rather want to say something that the other people will be very happy with you. But you will not want to say the thing that will make you also look some way. People are very quiet. I don't know. Yeah. So you have to take a stand. And um, as you take a stand, you, you will see that you are showing where you are. Paul taught Timothy not only to teach and admonish, but also to correct and to reprove sharply if need be. Yeah. It's nice to teach. But when it comes to also rebuking, you must do it. First Timothy chapter 5, verse 20. It said, them that sin, rebuke before all, that others also may fear. <laughs> them that sin, rebuke before all, that others also may fear. You know, there are things that even as a church, we don't even condone and we don't 
uh, accept and encourage. You know, I, I, I could decide that I am the one who, I mean, when you come to this church, as for this church, yeah, we are, we are, we are this thing. And something that maybe the church may not even want to be associated with, but so you, you are the one that, because you want people to like you, you want to please everybody. You will find out that you will be, you will be an odd person. Yeah. And every one of you, I'm telling you, as you are assisting, you will be confronted with situations where you have to take a stand and show and, 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 and support something that may not look pleasant, but you have to. Because that's the stand that your leader has also taken. Brother Lance, are you there or you decided to go back home? In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, Paul also said to Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, preach the word. That one is very important. Be instant in season and out of season. Another very important thing to do. Reprove. Reprove. Rebuke. Exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. But we must learn to reprove people, correct people. Reprove them. Rebuke them when they make mistakes. We should be able to speak. Somebody is doing something that is not right. I should be able to speak about it and say it and not be whatever trying to please people. But you see, if a leader is doing something and then he is not happy about something that is going on and he calls you as the assistant to go and sort out the thing, you see that when people go, as soon as they arrive, it's like, uh, they say, I should come and tell you that uh, this thing that you are doing, it is not good. Uh, it's not like I am saying, but they say, I've been sent. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have any problem with, but you know, left to me alone, you guys can do what you are doing. You see, and when you are such a person, it, it, it is dangerous to work with you. It is dangerous. You know, Bishop Saki gives a story here, and um, it's, it's something worth noting. You know, he says that in my early days as an assistant pastor, I was not good at confronting issues at all. <laughs> Our church choir then was made up of a few young people who were both unspiritual and unproductive. Mercy. They were not serious with their rehearsal times, and they would grumble a lot. <laughs> Am I talking to some people? I remember my senior pastor. You see, some of these things, they are not new. They are not new at all. I remember my senior pastor traveling out of the country during this period. I'm sure he's talking about Bishop Dag. And asking my colleague, Eddie Adi, and I to dissolve the choir. We do not want to offend anybody. So we dilly-dallied with the decision until my senior pastor arrived after six weeks. Can you imagine? We wanted to be the good guys that everybody liked. On the first Sunday that my senior pastor arrived in church, he announced that the choir had been disbanded. He therefore ended up rather being the bad guy in the eyes of the congregation. A good assistant must not behave like the Pharisee who loved the praise of men rather than the praise of God. Jude John 12, 43. John chapter 12, verse 43. It says that for they, for they love the praise of men 
more than the praise of God. Yeah. Am I talking to somebody? Church is too quiet. I don't know. But the reason why Jesus was killed was because of man-pleasing Pilate. Pilate, when the people came to him, he knew that Jesus had done no wrong. But he couldn't also stand firm and say that, no. And he was just trying to please everybody. So when you read the Bible in Luke 23, verse 14, and then you jump to 20 to 25, he says that, he said to them, you have brought this man to me as one that perverted the people. And behold, I, having examined him before you, have found no fault in this man, touching those things whereof you accuse him of. I don't find anything wrong with him. Pilate, therefore, willing to release Jesus, spoke again to them. So sometimes the thing is there, but he are not very strong to push it. But they cried, saying, crucify him, crucify him. And he said unto them the third time, why? What evil has he done? I have found my no cause of death in him. I will therefore chastise him and let him go. And they were instant with loud voices requiring that he might be crucified. And the voices of them and of the chief priests prevailed. Mercy. And Pilate gave sentence that it should be as they required. As they required. Mercy. And he released unto him that for sedition, unto them him that for sedition, and murder, and was cast into prison, whom they had desired. But he delivered Jesus to their will. To their will. Mercy. To their will. You know, it reminds me of um, Aaron. Aaron was the assistant to Moses. One day Moses had to go into the presence of the Lord for the Ten Commandments. He went away for some time. You know, he was away for a long time. When you read the Bible in Exodus 32, uh, if you can put it there from verse 1, the Bible says that as Moses was away for a long time, the people came to Aaron and they said to Aaron, they said, Moses, when they saw that Moses had delayed to come down, the people gathered themselves together to Aaron. They said to him, make us gods. We shall go before us. For as for this Moses, <laughs> the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what is become of him. Make us gods. And the people were on him. And the Bible says that verse 2, and Aaron said to them, break off your golden earrings, which are in your ears, in the ears of your wives, and of your sons and of your daughters, and bring them to me. Verse 3, and all the people break up the golden earrings which were in their ears, and they brought them unto Aaron. And he received them at their hand, and fashioned it with a graving tool. And he made it into a molten calf, and said to them, These be thy gods, O Israel, which brought you out of the land of Egypt. Mercy. And the people rose up, they were happy, all that. And the Bible says, um, verse 12, maybe, just so that we can move on quickly. The Bible says that God himself saw what was happening. He said, and the people, he said he was going to kill them. <laughs> and Moses begged, well, what would the Egyptians say? Verse 13, you know. And he said, remember Isaac, Abraham, blah, blah, blah. Verse 14. So, 
the Lord repented of the evil which he thought to do unto the people. So later, Moses went down. And uh, let's jump to verse 20, just so that we don't delay too much because of time. He took the calf which he had made, he ground it to powder and all that. Verse 21. And um, look at it. I just want you to see what uh, Aaron. And Moses said to Aaron, what did these people do to you? What did they do to you which has brought so great a sin upon us? You follow these people to please them. And look at us here today. Look at this thing that has happened. At the end of the day, 3,000 people died. Because at the point, Moses asked, who is on the Lord's side? And there were some people who came. And some people stayed on that end. And then they said, kill all these people. And they killed all of them, 3,000 people. You know, but sometimes just trying to please man can end up in a very bad way. Which is not a good thing. So we need to be careful. And flow many things you may not understand. You see, why has Moses been away for a long time? There's a reason. As a leader, you must be there to stand with the people and tell them, listen, our leader has to be somewhere. He could not be here. There's a good reason why he's there. But I'm here and I'm telling you, as I'm here, things are going to work. God is going to be with us. Things will work. And talk to them and, and make sure that they are calm. But when they come, ah, I don't know. This Moses, me, I don't know what he's here. He has brought us here and he has gone somewhere. Meanwhile, you know where Moses had gone to. Oh, it's true. You people bring, let's make another God to take us. And when he asked him, he said, the people is the people. You know the people. You know the people. Be careful. Tell the next person, be careful about people. If you are going to be a good assistant, they'll put you in trouble. Yeah. He said, I remember a senior pastor who sent his assistant pastor to represent him on a committee that involved pastors from other churches. The senior pastor made his vision clear to his assistant and expected him to project this vision. As time went by, it became clear that the other pastors did not believe in the vision of the senior pastor. These pastors criticized and rubbished and ridiculed the senior pastor's ideas, which he brought forth. The senior pastor surprisingly did not say, the assistant person, pastor, surprisingly did not say a word in defense of his senior pastor and his vision. What had happened was that with time, the assistant pastor had become friends with these other pastors and therefore valued their friendship more than the vision of a senior pastor. So that's what will happen. You see that you just become like these people and then that's it. But you need to understand and have that mind. You know, it will help you, like I told you last week, that your leader is always right. If for some reason, whatever is happening, it doesn't, you know, one day I heard Prophet Kakra say something and, and it, it really touched me. He said, listen, Every father is learning how to be a father. I'm, I'm still learning to be a father. I'll not say that I'm a complete father. As I look after my children and all that, things come up and I realize that I'm not doing well in this. I have to learn. This is how this is done. Every father is learning. That is why you must learn to forgive your father if he makes some mistakes. Because you don't know why. He's also learning. He has never been a father before. I've never been a father before. 
When I was born, I, I was born a father. No. It's just recently that uh, some two children have come my way and they have forced me to become a father. But I'm, I was not born a father. So, I don't know, I don't know how to take care of a, a, a 22-year-old child. I'm now getting a child that is going to that place. There's something, I don't know how to take care of a 25-year-old girl. And I'm now learning all these things. When the time comes, I don't know how to father a, a girl who has gotten married. I don't have that. So if you are going to point at me and, and make me look like I don't know how to be a father, you are making a mistake because I'm learning as I'm going on. I am learning, I am learning, I am learning. So make excuses for the fathers and forgive them for their mistakes. Yeah. A lot of things that will happen in the church, it's not like we know what to do and we didn't do. There are times that some things just take us by surprise. And we didn't know that, oh, okay, next time we will not do it that way. But you, you have taken offense and you have, you have gone to uh, Timbuktu. <laughs> you like the message I'm preaching? Yeah. So your fathers also make excuses for them. They are all learning. They've never had it before. Everybody is learning how to do something. How to do something. Yeah. I'm sure if I have a child again now, you see, <laughs> I'm not looking at somebody. <laughs> but if I should have a child again now, I, I, I'll be very experienced at how to bring up that child. Because I've had some before, Menya too. I, I know how to take care of it. Are you getting it? That is why you should not just be jumping up and saying, so if your pastor has made some mistake or your bishop or whatever, you need to be careful. He is learning how to be it as he's going on. He makes the mistakes and he realizes that. Last uh, Sunday, if you listen to Bishop's message, he said that he met with Dr. Yongicho and he was asking him, so how can he avoid making mistakes in ministry? And Dr. Cho said, you cannot. You cannot. He said, what? He said, yeah, you cannot. Why? Because you learn from the mistakes. That's how you learn how to do the ministry. You learn the ministry from the mistakes. If you don't make the mistake, you will not know that this is not how it is done. So you make the mistake, then you learn it. The next time you don't do it. So anybody who has been in ministry for a long time is very, very experienced. That's why you must learn to look at things that way. My father is still learning how to be a father. My pastor is still learning how to be a pastor. He doesn't know it all. But sometimes we assume that he knows everything. Sometimes when he's giving a suggestion, he doesn't even know what he's doing. But he's just trying it. Oh, let's try it and see. Let's try it. When it works, oh, wow, it has worked. When it didn't work, oh, it means that that's not the way to do it. Let's do it this way. And then we are moving on. But you have taken offense and you have gone. Mercy. Number two, hey, you people, my time is up. The neutral, pass, the neutral assistant. The neutral assistant. So the first one is what? The man-pleasing assistant. Number two is what? The neutral assistant. So, there's another type of an assistant who appears to be neutral. You can never clearly know where he stands on any issue. He agrees with everybody all the time. An assistant must be a person of conviction. And Jesus spoke 
about against neutrality. It's not a good thing. Revelation chapter 3, verse 15 and 16. <laughs> he said, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, in other words, you are not cold, you are not hot, you are just in the middle, we can't tell where you are. He said, neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. That's what Jesus said. Yeah. There are some people you can never tell where they stand. They, they, they are, they are, they are, they are, they are. They are just everywhere. <laughs> I remember one time we were traveling to, um, we were traveling to Korea. And we went with um, Ethiopian air. Hey, since that day I said, no, this thing. <laughs> but I tell you, we were, I think when we, we were going, everything went off. There was something, but that one, we managed to go through. And when we were coming back, and they brought us to Addis Ababa, and it's like, we have arrived at the airport. We cannot go again. There's no plane, whatever. And people were aggrieved, and they were shouting. As we were shouting and doing all that, then the people brought a certain guy. Somebody say a certain guy. Hey, the guy came to stand there like this. Everybody brought their problems to him. It was like he has been sent to come and listen to our problems. Anybody, anybody who starts talking, they will stand and listen to the person. Listen to the person. It's like, hmm, your matter is... Okay, then another person will start. Then you turn to the other person to you talk. Uh, say, yeah. Your matter is. <laughs> Another person will call in there. He, yeah, he listened to everybody's matter. We didn't know where he was standing. Everybody. Yeah, yeah you two are right. You two are right. He listened to everybody's problem. Yeah, he will be a He can be. But there are people like that. They can be neutral. You cannot tell where they stand. And Jesus said, Sad people, I don't want to have anything to do with them. Yeah. And when you are. There's an issue and you are addressing the issue. They will never make a comment. They will just sit there. <laughs> they will leave you alone to be talking. So that's a, oh, what do you think? <laughs> they will not say anything. Oh, cash, hey. You will be sitting there. Then. So that they don't want the other person to see that they are on this side or on this side. Ask yourself, are you that type of assistant? You'll be going, and you're not asking, ask the person. You'll be going with your leader, but when they get to the place where we have to see, I don't know whether I am there. They agree with everything, and they agree with everybody at every time. Hmm. He said at a pastor's meeting, a senior pastor, his assistant and several other pastors were discussing an important issue. The assistant pastor was quiet and evasive. After some time, the senior pastor got irritated and asked his assistant to speak. To the surprise of all present, this assistant just blurted out that the vice president never disagreed with the, 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 the president, even when he was wrong. He implied that a constructive criticism by an assistant was not even welcome. You see, and he was just trying to say that. Why is it that he's just agreeing with everything? And he has something. One of the things you need to know about people who sit neutral and it's like they don't have anything to say. They have something to say. Nobody's neutral. Oh, Bibi can. Just that. He's just quiet and he's not. But, and sometimes when we come for meetings, they'll be quiet. Quiet. Don't say anything. But after your point, say, Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. 
I don't think that is a do you think it's a good thing? I don't think it's a good thing. No. This is somebody who was quiet when he asked a question. So. <laughs> Am I talking to somebody here? You are very quiet. Uh, and now it is warning you. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you have something to say, say it at the meeting. Then we know your mind, then we know where you stand. But you'll be quiet. When is it? <laughs> Do you agree? <laughs> then when we close them, Charlie? <laughs> Charlie? No, 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 no. What do you think? No, no, no. Is that, then you start talking. Yourself will come. As an expert, are you the neutral assistant or you are? You are? <laughs> It is offensive to meet a person who is so neutral on all major issues. And it is risky to trust such a person. He will agree with everything and everybody on every issue. <laughs> Number three, the double-faced assistant. Double-faced. James 1, verse 8. We are going to close very soon. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Luke 16, verse 13. Luke 16, 13. No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will hold on to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You can't serve God and money. You cannot serve God and money. You cannot serve two masters. It's very, very dangerous. And these are the words of Jesus. Very real. I mean, this is God himself speaking. You cannot challenge these words. You know, but there are some people you can't tell. They have two faces. <laughs> depending on where they are. They will, it said depending on whose presence he is in, he has a different opinion on a particular issue. The same person when he's here, he has a certain opinion. When he goes to another group of people, he has another opinion about the issue. Yeah, should be afraid of such a person. And you should not be that type of assistant. Amen. I don't like the way you are quiet. <laughs> the effect of such an assistant is that he ends up losing the trust and confidence of everybody around him, especially the senior pastor. And when it comes to light that he has been blowing hot and cold, nobody believes what he says anymore. Yeah. One day Bishop Saki said he was with some, uh, one pastor, and they were talking about another pastor whose uh, pastors had left him, and they had gone. And they talked, and he was very angry with the pastors who had left that pastor. And when, later... When they arrived at the pastor's place and the pastor was talking, this guy was quiet. He was not saying anything. Another person came and then brought another side of the story. Yeah, he thinks that the pastors who left, they were right and all that and said so many things. Then this person who was initially saying that he didn't like the way the pastors left, and when the guy said, he said, yeah, I think that you are right. I think that, hey, double-faced. 
So you are standing with the man of God. You are standing with the leader. Say, I'm with you then. When people come in and start saying, oh no, I think I'm with these people. You're a very dangerous person. <laughs> hey, Hosea chapter 10 verse 2 is a scripture you must know. Hosea 10 to ho and see. <laughs> Hosea. He said, their heart is divided. Their heart is divided. Have you found the Hosea? 10.2. Their heart is divided. Now shall they be found faulty. He shall break down their altars. He shall spoil their images. Their heart is divided. Is your heart divided? Or is your heart one? You are here, but you are not here. You are with this person, but Elusia, you are also with this person. Mm. So if you are with somebody, your heart must be one. One heart. Yeah. If you are a wife, your heart must be one. Your husband. Should not be that you have a heart for <laughs> your husband, and then you have a heart for somebody else too. What a shock. Number four. Hey. Fault finding assistant. <laughs> there is yet another type of assistant who has the habit of opposing and criticizing a senior pastor all the time. I told you last week, don't be opposing your, your boss and your leader. You go for meetings and say, <laughs> boss, I, I, I want to prove to you that you are wrong. So, uh -huh. Okay, they will leave you to talk. Uh, uh, poor I say, uh, <laughs> There's a letter waiting for you. That I wonder. No kabote. As Gamma will say. That will be your end. As you are just there. Correcting and finding fault. Hey. You see. All of us we all have fault. Too. People have fault. But it is not good that you have been, you'll be pointing people's faults to them all the time. Charlie they will not be happy with you. At all. If you are a lady, and every lady you have pimples sometimes on your face, isn't it? Then every time when they see, ah, winning pimples, every day winning pimples, would you think you like such a person? I know, I know I have pimples on my face. I don't need you to be telling me all the time that my face is full of pimples. You would rather like somebody who, when he sees you, wow, you're looking beautiful. You now you know that the pimples are there, but you're saying you're looking beautiful. I mean, you rather want to be talking to such a person. If you're a husband, you're always pointing out the faults of your wife. Uh, the soup. And then one man told his wife, why? Did you use seawater to cook this soup? And he was saying all sorts of things. <laughs> and every day there is something. Today there is this. Tomorrow there is this. Why is it that your skirt, this side is too short and this side is long? Why is it that your hair is this? And every day. You, <laughs> You will not like such a, 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 a this thing. Yeah. You see, so fault finding is not a good thing. It's not a good thing. Isaiah chapter 50, 58, verse 9. Yeah. He said, then you shall call and the Lord will answer. Why would the Lord answer when you call? He said, you shall cry and you will say, here I am. Why? If, somebody say if. 
If you take away from your midst, the midst of you, the yoke, and the putting forth of the finger, pointing finger, every day you are pointing. That is when God will be in our midst. If as a church, we don't, we always point fingers and we are pointing our faults every day. When we call God, he will not hear us. But when there's a church that there's no pointing of fingers and saying, hey, he's done this, he's done, no, where are you saying? No, where are you saying? And this person has done this. God will come in when we call him. In your home, in your family, wherever. God will come in. So don't be that kind of assistant who is always waiting to see your leader make a mistake. Let me catch that Man catch That is going to make a mistake. And you are going to point it out. And that was Peter. Sometimes some people are presumptuous. Presumptuous. When you become presumptuous, it's like you have been given too much room. So you feel that you can talk. Be careful. When you find that you are being given a lot of room and all of that, you should just control yourself because the temptation to talk over talk. <laughs> and to say things you shouldn't be saying. Yeah, every day your boss will call you, will come and sit down. Oh, be around. Oh, oh. Then now you are taking it for granted. Say, hey, if you are going to his office, you don't knock. No remove. Yeah, my boy. <laughs> you are not going too far. Familiarity. Then you start pointing out. Oh, but uh, this is your letter that you type. It's not correct. You say, hey. So when Jesus said that he is going to the cross to die, the Bible says, and Peter took him. <laughs> he took him. Just uh, like how we say, you took him up. And the Bible says, and he rebuked him. He rebuked Jesus. Oh, Peter. Now, who Peter? Ah. Eh, fisherman. Fisherman Kolokala. You, you have been pulling fish. You have just been added to some group of pastors. Now that you have been made a pastor, you have come in. You were just a floor member around, walking around. When you even speak, nobody listens to you. You know how the fishermen, the way they talk. Hey! When you go to uh, uh, <laughs> uh, 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 the, the, the fancy, uh, this, uh, the central region, because that's where I come from, I'm telling you. When they talk, hey! That's how they talk. That's how they talk. Epono, so they see the sound, so they always shout, you have been made a pastor. Now you are correcting the bishop. If I follow you people, that's Mark 8 31. So, are you an assistant or opposition leader? <laughs> why, why join you opposition? Opposition party. Why once you are with the person? He said, I know an assistant who was always, he always has something negative to tell about the senior pastor's preaching. He will criticize the way he moved about as he was preaching. Like as I'm moving about here, you'll be talking. He's moving. He should stand there so we see what he's saying. He's moving, moving. We should be moving. We are in the church. Our eyes are going like this. He doesn't know that our neck will pain us. Look at that. He questions why he had to sip water when preaching. He will ask why he had to crack so many jokes. Hey! Not a joke, too. 
you don't like when I'm sharing some jokes with you, don't you like it? But is it a fault finding assistant who say that I don't like it? Yeah. yeah. He even said that the church was not growing because of the way the pastor was preaching. Since when did you even know about church growth? That you are now coming to correct the senior pastor that is because of the way you are preaching. So be careful. As an assistant, wherever you are, any ministry, any whatever, as you are there, don't just be there. We are the people who know it all. There are some people, MITK, do you know MITK? Most international do know. <laughs> you are writing it, write it down, MITK. They seem to know everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's not how it is done. This is, this is how we used to do it. And we are, you are with the leader. Flow. And number five. Hey, you people. This is the last one. The heart-stealing assistant. Heart-stealing assistant. Now, these are the people who draw people to themselves. And they make sure that they bring the people to where they are. But you see, when John had the opportunity to do that, he said to the people in John chapter 3 verse 30, he said, he must increase, but I must decrease. My duty is not to steal your hearts and to make you like me and then I throw everybody against Bishop Dag. No. My duty is to bring you to him. All that I'm doing, bring you closer to him. As I'm doing, let's all join the Facebook. Let's join the flow prayer, the, the, the unity service and all that. I am trying to turn your hearts to him. But you can be an assistant who turns the hearts of the people to you. You are a heart-stealing assistant. Ask the next person, are you the reason why the message is coming today? The way I'm looking at you. He said, the reason why many churches cannot grow and even branch out is because of the fear that many senior pastors, that many senior pastors have. They have seen their colleague pastors robbed of their ministries and churches when they appointed assistants to help them oversee the work. Yeah. And this is the, the, how Absalom was. Absalom was uh, one of David's sons. And when he was there, the Bible says that it came to pass. Let me give you 2 Samuel 15 from verse 1 to verse 6. It came to pass after this that Absalom prepared him chariots and horses and 50 men to run before him. And Absalom rose up early and stood beside the way of the gate. And it was so that when any man that had a controversy came to the king for judgment. Then Absalom called unto him and said, Of what city are you coming from? And he said, Your servant is of one of the tribes of Israel. And Absalom said unto him, See, your matters are good, oh, and right, oh, but there is no man deputed of the king to hear you. He would just, there are some people, they go around and say, Put on and say, Me with him, our problem, I sorry, her. You have problems in the church, isn't it? The way your face is looking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
They've done it to you. Ah, come, let me talk to you. <laughs> you people know what I'm talking about. You understand what I'm talking about? I've been there before. Yeah. Talk to me. You can trust me. Talk to me. <laughs> that was what this man was doing. He said, This is your matter that you are saying is a very good matter. But there's nobody to hear you. Nobody will talk for you this matter. And so you make yourself a, a, a this thing. So Absalom sold, said, Moreover, Oh, that I were made judge in the land that every man which has any suit or cause might come to me and I would do him justice. If I was the pastor, oh, this is your problem. You need a problem. I'll solve it for you, girl. Men more solutions is here. And it was so that when any man came nigh to him to do him obeisance, he put forth his finger, his hand, and he and took him and kissed him. And on this manner did Absalom, did Absalom to all Israel that came to the king for judgment. Look at this. So Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. He stole it. Because the things he was doing, stole it. Yeah. There are some people you should be careful as you are talking to them. The way they will be talking to you. Sure. You see that they will steal, them. They will steal you away. You have a beloved, they will steal you away from your beloved. Yeah, they talk to you, you tell your beloved, I don't like you again. Hmm. Unfortunately, I'm closing, my time is up. Many church members are not discerning. That's the sad thing. When things like this are happening, you find a lot of church members who don't discern to think and, and think through things. And then they just flow with whatever is being said and all that. But think through. You will see that no, the thing that the man is saying is not correct. There's a king there who loves us, who likes us. How come you have come to sit here that he doesn't like us and he's not thinking about us? He thinks about us. Sometimes the work is a lot. And it's not like he's just forgotten. He would love to. But somebody has come to, come to your house and told you that, oh, <laughs> they have not visited you. Since you, you, you came to the church. Ah, who you are. <laughs> they do not notice what an assistant or branch pastor is slowly. They do not notice that an assistant or branch person is slowly leading them away and turning their hearts away from their senior pastor. Absalom appeared to be sympathetic, understanding, and more readily available to help. But his real motive was to make them see David in a bad light as an uncaring, incapable leader. Before anybody could realize it, 200 of David's church members had joined Absalom's church. Yeah. David International Ministries, they left and they joined Absalom International Ministries. So sometimes church members are also swayed by an assistant who may appear talented and gifted. Then they begin to sing his praises and make the senior pastor feel that he has not done anything at all for them. When David came back from battle, David was somebody that Saul appointed. He set him there, as the Bible says. In 1 Samuel 18, verse 5. And David went out whithersoever Saul sent him and behaved himself wisely. And Saul set him over the men of, the, of war 
and was accepted in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. So it is Saul who put him there and all the men of war accepted him because Saul had put him there. If Saul had not put him there, the people would not have accepted him. Do you think that if David had come by himself and said, I am the leader, the people would have accepted him. But because the king said, I brought him, everybody accepted him. You people accept me here because Bishop Dad put me here. Not because I'm anybody. So when I begin to feel that I am something, that will be my end. You don't like, you don't like, you don't like the message. It came to pass as they came when David was returned from the slaughter of the Philistine that the women came out on all, from all the cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tablets, with joy, with instrument of music. And the women answered one another as they played. And they said, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousand. Saul has slain thousand. David ten thousand. Saul has slain only one thousand. But David ten thousand. Oh! Meanwhile, just Goliath no kukunyo. He just went to kill Goliath. And made Saul look like he has never done anything since he, came, he became a king. Meanwhile, Saul had won many battles for the Israelites. But just because David came to kill Goliath, <laughs> or Yebruta, we have never seen such a powerful person before. Ah, and we have moved around with this leader. And you too, when they give you such praises, then you are accepting it. Don't be accepting certain praises when they tell you, Oh, we like you. Ah, when our leader is here, when he's preaching, we don't feel any power. But when you start preaching, the power is flowing. You are too powerful. We like you. Put your hands together for Jesus. And they are clapping. And then you too, you like it. This is deception. And this is unfair to Saul. And this marks the beginning of a long, drawn-out battle between David and Saul. And that affected generations after them. Yes, I've heard you. I'm closing. Second Samuel 3 verse 1. Now there was a long war between the house of Saul and the house of David. Yeah. So, listen. You can be an assistant who just steals people's hearts. But you can be an assistant who turns the heart of the people to the leader. What kind of assistant are you? Are you a double-faced assistant? Are you a man-pleasing assistant? Are you a, a what? Neutral assistant? Are you a what? Fault-finding assistant? Or you are a heart-stealing assistant? I pray that you'll be a good assistant. May the Lord help us to be good assistants in his house. In Jesus' name. Stand to your feet and let's close. Let's find out what is making that noise. If we have to turn something off, let's turn it off. Or maybe it's the power that is doing that. Wow. Beautiful. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for today. We thank you for this word that we have heard. We pray that, Lord, you will help us to be good assistants in your house. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. And as every head is bowed, all eyes closed. You don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. You want to surrender your life to Jesus. Pray this prayer with me. Maybe you are watching us on Facebook. Say, Lord Jesus, today, I thank you for dying on the cross 
to save me from my sin. Please forgive me all my sins. Come into my heart. Make me a new person. Please write my name in the Lamb's book of life. From today, I will serve you for the rest of my days. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen and amen. Put your hands together for Jesus. God bless you. We believe you have been exalted, edified, and comforted by the prophetic word. Call or WhatsApp plus 233-591-524-522. That's plus 233-591-524-522. To speak to Prophet Eddie Fabian. Prophet Fabian would love to hear from you today and to stand with you in prayer. Eddie Fabian is also on Facebook, so stay in touch. Until Prophet Eddie Fabian comes your way again, run with a prophetic word.